0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. We're your home for Wildcats, Bulldogs, Warriors, and Coyotes. The place to go for the latest sports news on all your favorite local sports teams. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack or beverage, and enjoy. Now, here's your hosts for your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Luke Olson, John Gudat, and Eric Sorensen. Well, kid, that's probably sports talk fans. I am Eric Sorensen with John Gouda. We have the intro to the intro of this podcast, our rodeo episode. We're gonna to get to doing this once a month. We have big news. We got a sponsor for the rodeo episode. Another sponsor. Another sponsor. Where you know our main show, is Fitterers Furniture. Uh, we got you know, and it's a guy that's it's a local run uh, company of a guy that's a good friend of mine. He's on the rodeo board. Kerry Cliff. The McGregor Company has is the new sponsor of our PRCA rodeo segment we're doing once a month. And what fitting way to start that with the big boom
1: right off the bat with the biggest rodeo of the year. Biggest rodeo of the year. Um a great uh local sponsor with guys with rodeo board ties. Right. Obviously, you talk about Kerry Clift. I mean, and he doesn't know it yet, but Kerry, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a guest on the show already. Next we need week. that personality and knowledge. And yes. we're gonna pest you with questions about rodeo. But uh, I want to say thanks to Carrie and the McGregor company as well.
0: We're recording this on Wednesday. He will be back from Vegas on Friday, and we will be uh, getting him in here as soon as I can. I don't care how That's rough right. Vegas was on you. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, McGregor, a local company, we use them on our farm, and uh, it's it's always, a, you know, they're based out of Colfax, but they got, I mean, they're doing lots of cool things and researching and and stuff, and uh, we were really fortunate to have them sponsor us, and a big thank you, and, and I guess... The, the main the first intro is over let's get to the other intro to the Sounds episode to about me. the prca rodeo nfr well hello Cantas valley sports talk fans i'm eric Sarnson, joined here by john gudat the daily record rodeo reporter john we've had a few interviews we've done so far it's nfr time vegas uh we're recording here at big country studios but i think we all know our hearts down in vegas right now
1: you know i was in vegas for thanksgiving week because i couldn't make it to nfr this week and I'm still not over that. And as we were leaving um, our hotel to get to the airport, of course, our our uh, taxi driver drove right by the Thomas and Mac. And it's already well, this was on Saturday. Last Saturday It was already decked out uh, for the you know, with the big welcome to the NFR banner. Um, You could see that the um, uh, the carnival sort like atmosphere that they have outside the Thomas and Mac was the structures were being built. And so um, I agree my heart, Um, if it, <laughs> my heart is in my family's hands, <laughs> right. and my family's hands are in Las Vegas. There you go. So Absolutely. it's a, it it is a incredible, incredible time. So today, you know, we're filming this or we're recording this on a Wednesday. We're doing both. What's that? We're doing both. We're
0: filming and recording.
1: We're filming. We're recording. Um, we are very much here in the studios on a Wednesday, and so literally twenty four hours from now, we're gonna be watching NFR. We wish we were there. We're gonna be watching NFR on TV though. Absolutely. Uh, I've been to the NFR
0: twice in my, uh, 31 years. Yeah, I believe twice. Uh, you've probably
1: been, I've been there, uh, you know, we'll just say a couple of times. Yep. <laughs> uh, and you say in your 31 years, let's not put an age to it. Let's not put a date here. <laughs> so we're all 29 at heart. That's uh, right. You know, that, that brings up a question. I mean, uh, in it's one of those things where you just got to do it at least once. Oh, I think so. I think it's a, uh...
0: I always appreciate it because growing up, we never had satellite TV. And so my sisters in college would record an episode or at least one go around for me. And I get it for Christmas And night, like Christmas day. I get to throw it on. That's and watch awesome. it. Uh, and then, uh, mom and dad got cable after I left to college, which thanks mom and dad. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. I think yeah. they made sure, sure I just wanted to be, uh, I'm sure you can get productive outside with <laughs> therapy or something like Eventually, that. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. Um, but no, when I, I finally went, uh, I was dating my now wife and we went back with her family and it was awesome. It was fun. And, and, uh, that trip, I don't, I didn't actually get to go to a rodeo, but the, oh my God, the, the shopping, the Christmas cowboy Christmas, I guess I didn't, I guess it was, it was fun for me to go walk through that I enjoyed it. Um, uh, I enjoyed the bars that were around each cowboy Christmas oh, yeah. while my right. wife went crazy with my mother-in-law
1: shopping yeah. and yeah. spent
0: uh, quite a bit of money there, but it, it's actually really cool stuff. And that's part of the fun ambience of the.
1: So, um, I don't want to say that I hate shopping, yeah. but, uh, it's not top 10 on my list of things to do, but mm-hmm. cowboy Christmas I was in awe the first time there. I mean, I had no idea. I thought it was a couple of vendors, a couple of booths, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just, I was overwhelmed and, and it continues to develop. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been a few years since I've actually been to the NFR. And so I can only imagine what it's, what it's like now, but you know, just things like watching guys steam and shape hats to me, I could just watch that all day. Well, if you're watching
0: on the stream, there's a cowboy hat sitting right here in front of us. Uh, i have a very large head i like to think it's all my brains you know um but uh i couldn't find a size eight cowboy hat i couldn't special order it but i went around to every cowboy hat booth in the crowbar christmas i found i believe that one my fellow hat.
1: they were prepared for. they had to
0: it was awesome and uh it was a great time and and uh you know like the guys are going to talk about here at the three guests that we have for uh, that called in they were down in vegas the uh you can walk through that. There's the pro guys. I mean, how, how many pro sports are the guys just throughout the day sitting around doing autograph sign? Those guys are always busy doing something.
1: Yeah, you know, and we'll talk about it here. Should we talk about who we who are interviewing? Let's break the news. I, I kind of big is you know, Facebook the other day. So That's we got a nice. we got a mix of some of the you know three of the the biggest names in my opinion in in pro rodeo. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them with a obviously a local tie. So yes. Riley Minor, right, ten time NFR qualifier with his brother Brady, who's been there eleven times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we we uh, chatted with him for about 10, 15 minutes. Of course, uh, Sage Kimsey, five time defending world champion bull rider, right. spent a few minutes with us, and then as did uh, Tyson Durfee, who was a multiple NFR. Qualifier 2016 world champion there for, mm-hmm. for tie down. I always want to call it calf roping, but, uh, right. Um, so I still call it calf Open. Yeah, it matters. is. It is calf roping. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really exciting to talk to them. Um, I'm always blown away by these are the biggest names in pro rodeo, but, they still talk to us like you know we're their neighbor or or fellow roper right um and so it's really cool the accessibility that we have mm-hmm. uh with rodeo uh athletes hopefully that never goes away and right. they keep on answering my texts and phone calls so it hasn't gone away yet it was pretty cool we were a little fangirl i know i did a little bit there what's that
0: i went a little fangirl and a couple of them called and it was pretty awesome
1: oh yeah i actually oh, yeah.
0: played uh community schools basketball with riley when i was little but uh a long time ago um Let's talk about the, the actual performance. I mean, how, it is a lot of fun. If you guys haven't gone to the actual NFR and you've watched it on TV and what you don't realize, I know my sister and her husband go every year and uh, they would always text us and they'd be on back at the hotel and they were just on bull riding. I'm like, well well, tomorrow it's delayed, but you don't realize how fast that thing rolls through. Cause it's basically, you get bucked off, get, get out of the ring, The next guy in. Yeah. And it's so small and it's, it's very compact in the cap rope and then team rope. And it's so much faster
1: because yeah. pretty soon you're at the end of the arena and it's definitely yeah. not anything near Ellensburg size. That arena and the NFR event is, is built for TV. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you go to like an Ellensburg or, you know, traditional rodeos, like an Ellensburg or a Pendleton or a Cheyenne, those take, you know, three to four hours, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say there's dead time, but there's lots of lulls and stuff like that and and things to uh, distract you from, you know, as as the next event gets ready. Not at the NFR. I mean, there is absolutely no dead time. The only time that I've seen there being a little bit of a blip or a stop in action is when there's a a significantly seriously Mm -hmm. serious injury. Other than that, man, it is boom, 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 boom. So if you're more... It's fun. It's a fun one. If you're more of a traditionalist, Mm -hmm. Then you might be thinking, "Whoa, this is this is overwhelming." But you still got to do it. And yeah. even if you are a traditionalist and you don't like those fast rodeos, mm-hmm. you're still seeing the best ropers, yes. riders, um, yeah, in the in the entire world. Really, it's, it's worth it. You now, if you're a rodeo fan, you got to go at least once. Got go to at go least at least once. once. Yeah. Um, but if, yeah. But go. No, well, no. I was just going to say there, there's so many people. It's it's a hot ticket. It's been sold out since. I think since 1985, probably, when it, when probably. it went to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of people who go down to Vegas, and they just go to the watch parties. Each each hotel has, mm-hmm. you know, a, a live feed into the hotel. And uh, so, I mean, just the camaraderie of of watching rodeo with like-minded people. Or if you're taking a shuttle from, each hotel has a shuttle that goes to the Thomas yeah. Mack you're all like best friends in a yeah. bunch of, in a bus full of strangers. So you could be sitting next to somebody from Kansas. Right. And, and you're just so jacked up and happy to, to be there. Absolutely. I do got to bring up, I know
0: we've already done all the interviews the last couple of days. Cause when we had to go when the Cowboys had time, because they're in Vegas, um, I, my wife was in, but she got home last night and I said, you won't guess who we interviewed today. And she kind of went, are you serious? Tyson that, Murphy. That's her celebrity crush. <laughs> Um, and we're putting that out on the podcast we're Putting right on there. the podcast yeah. because we got done talking. And she says, good. gave a shout out to his daughters being fans of him. Why didn't you say that B? <laughs> I was like, Cause I didn't really want to tell the guy you were, my wife likes you. So, <laughs> um, But no. Um, and then she's actually, I think we'll get some listeners from uh, her side of the the family that her, the Nibo, her original, mm-hmm. her maiden name and her dad rodeos and as a calf herper, he'll actually be down at South point at the world series rope. <laughs> and he qualified for that. And, uh, so I had to give the shout out for Paige because she was, you know, giving me a little grief last night.
1: Yeah. Had to get out. There, I understand but, that. Um, She'll get over that if Tyson wins the world championship. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Or um, maybe we just have to call him again and and maybe Paige does the interview. I think so. I think we got a, I'm really hoping come uh, Labor Day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think we're in the, we got the ball rolling a little bit. Mm-hmm. we could We're going to do a live show at the rodeo. We were talking about yes. that and I'm kind of I am kind of upset that it's going to take 9 months right. of to make that happen. That is um, that much more better planning, but uh it'll be fun though. We get a live
0: crowd there. Um I try to have the cowboys on stage with us and talk and that's right. And I think that's something we're trying to do in football next fall too, but it back to rodeo. Uh I guess let's get into the interviews. What do you think?
1: Well, before we get into yeah. the interviews, uh do you have any uh do you have a uh, a must-see event. Uh, do you have a of a, a cowboy or a barrel racer? Do you think this is this is going to be their year? Well, I I much I traditionally I always watch the calf roping and team mm-hmm. roping.
0: um I get a kick out of the steer wrestling because I don't know if Noel's made it this year, but has Dad being the right play-by-play? I guess you yeah. Call it. I always make sure we pay attention when the Minor brothers are going. Yep. Um, the calf roping. I think uh, a guy that I, you know we tried to get on and he was just busy. And I don't blame him. A guy that I kind of watch because he's an LSU fan is Shane Hansie. Yep, a fun one to watch. Uh, you know, we always used to, you know, you'd watch Trevor Brazil, but he's he's slowed down now. He's not there. But uh, Tyson Durfee is always a fun one to watch. And yep. I guess going back historically, I'd always a uh, uh, name Joe Beaver. He was the one that always kind of watched, and Fred Whitfield and the old you know, Joe
1: the, Beaver, Fred Whitfield, Cody, Cody old, old. Yep. man. Those the the, the trifecta that was just fun, dominant ropers. Yeah, just dominant. Multiple world championships for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um I think between the, I want to guess, uh, it's a rough guess, but between the four of them, I think they have like 22, yeah. 23 world title. I mean, that's insane. It's or between crazy. the three of them, pardon me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for me, uh, there's so much money to be won, you know, go round checks, the, the go round winners win $27,000 a night, um, pay 60, you know, the average winner will get $67,000 after 10. I mean, so yeah whether you're first or 15th, it, it is seriously wide open. Right. Um, and so I, I, you just, I just never know who's going to win it. And, you know, so that, you know, bareback, yeah. Tim O'Connell who's a three-time world champion. Uh, Casey field is a four-time yeah. world champion. The, those guys right there, I think they've won seven out of the last eight uh, world titles with Steven peoples in between them. And, um, Uh, the the bulldog and the the steer wrestling i that's the hardest one for me to to figure out and you got so much talent there and uh those guys that might be the most uh people would probably disagree with me but it seems like that the bulldoggers are the most tight knit Mm -hmm. group and um yeah just really really fun to watch caleb and junior and and junior nagawa i thoroughly enjoy watching that guy can throw a loop he yeah he he's fun he's a he's a fun interview as well and they won second they've been the reserve world champions three years in a row wow is it their year I, I mean who who knows uh the bronc riding you got the Crowley brothers you got uh, the Wright brothers or the Wright family brothers and and uncles i guess it would be this year um i mean it's a big family what's
0: that i thought it was funny last night at the number ceremony i watched a little bit on tv yep and there's a Wright brother in the bull riding this year, and
1: they said something about the rights are starting to evade bull riding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stetson Wright, right. and he Stetson, you know, bull rider and bronc rider. He mm-hmm. didn't make it in the bronc riding, but shoot, he he's a uh, he's on top of the all around yeah. standings right now. And uh, my pick is between him and and uh, Stetson Wright, and and maybe Clay Smith would be the uh, uh, or Tough Cooper, Stetson Wright, and and maybe Clay Smith would be um, the three guys who have yeah. a, a. I mean, there's there's more guys that have a shop at those kind of the three guys on top and, you know, barrel racing, I, I, Haley Kinzel, Nellie Miller there on top. Um, Amber Lee Moore always seems to like literally double her season earnings. Right. Um, it's a good you, spot to do that. What's that? That's a great spot to do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just, there's just so much money to be won. And, and, you know, we talk about Fred Whitfield, Joe Beaver, um, and Cody Ole. I, I think now, you know, you got, you got Caleb Schmidt, who's leading the calf rope and you got, Tyson Durfee, Shane Hanshey, Tuff Cooper, um, all there. I think those guys are the top four guys. I don't have the standings in front of mm-hmm. me. And then, you know, bull riding, Sage Kimsey gets all the attention, and he should, if right. you know, five-time world champion. Well, what would you say? It was 60-something percent? Did 61% uh, uh, ride percentage. And he was year? higher than that before he
0: separated his ribs.
1: Yeah. It, well, yeah, yeah, and we talk about that here mm-hmm. in, in our interview, which, you know, maybe that's the time to mm-hmm. lead into the interviews. But exciting time. NFR is 10 days long starts on uh thursday the 5th runs through saturday the 14th yeah. and just tons of money literally tons of money paid out every night i do have one more um things i
0: enjoy watching i believe it was marty yates he was the young guy the last couple yep. of years in the calf. i do enjoy watching the new young guys and it looked like last night there was a lot of new calf ropers young guys uh you know they're talking about them college national final rodeo qualifiers like this year yeah and I, that's kind of fun to watch because i think it was marty yates's mom that they'd always he'd run and they panda her in the crowd and she be that's, just going crazy. It was awesome. awesome. It was a, you know, it shows the family atmosphere of rodeo and just how much fun it is.
1: It's it's uh, you know, people call it the, the super bowl of rodeo. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. the NFR to me is just bigger than the bigger than the super bowl. Yeah. Um I, I just it's it's just that's that's our thing as rodeo. And yeah. and uh if we can't be there um in person, we're glued to the TV, right? So, yeah. Well, let's lead into our first
0: interview. Uh, we got to apologize. It's, you know, these guys are busy. They're in the casinos. They were getting, I believe Riley was getting checked into his room. He, he was on his way to go watch the Seahawks game Monday night, which they were. That's right. That's when we did it. And uh, there's a little you know, the phone interview. It doesn't always come through, right? And then there's a couple of times that you'll have to bear with us. But uh, what a fun interview. It was great. And uh, let's uh, get in the interview
1: here with Riley Miner. Sounds good. So we're back now with Riley Miner, the header side of the minor brothers heading and healing nfr combo uh riley you said you just kind of you just drove into uh to vegas you're starting to get checked in and and uh you got the horses and in, in pens what's uh what's monday before the nfr usually like for you guys
2: oh just trying to get everything uh packed up and uh, headed to the room right now um <laughs> It's uh, pretty exciting rolling into town, you know, you kind of forget that feeling, you know, it's a full year since I've been here, so it's pretty
1: exciting. What, uh, uh, this is your guys' 10th time together, uh, and so you say, or 10th time coming to the NFR, I believe, and so you say you kind of forget it, but is it, uh, I mean, obviously you know Vegas really well, you know the hotels and the schedule really well, Does much change year after year.
2: Oh, you know the first couple times you're probably uh, you know you're young and uh, pretty green and a uh, little bit more scared now it's just kind of <laughs> hate to say it's a routine, but i I would like to make it a routine every year to be here, but uh, <laughs> now it's just kind of relaxing and waiting to you know tomorrow we gotta rope the steers uh, so that's good to kind of get to practice and uh. And then tomorrow night we'll get our uh, back number and our jacket and all that, so that's kind of
1: fun and kind of gets the
2: week kicked off.
1: So tell me, I mean, I want to talk about the back number ceremony and everything like that. But tell me about the steers. I mean, maybe you'll be able to better answer this on Tuesday when you run them. But do you have an idea of what they're going to be in terms of big cattle, big horns, or or anything different this year than the last couple of years?
2: Well, they're actually. Uh, a little bit smaller than uh, they have been. Uh, they still have some pretty big arms on They, uh, I just went and looked at them because it's kind of what what you want to do when you're going to go head to head against them is go right. check them out. So I uh, I looked at them about a half hour ago, and they're a lot smaller than uh, in the past. I mean, not way smaller, but. I bet the times will be a little bit faster this year if I had to bet, but uh, yeah, they, they look good. I, I like them. They should be good.
1: So, and that's uh, that's tomorrow's practice, and then uh, a little bit of downtime before you had to dress up for the back number presentation. Does that ever get old? That's I've never been there. You know, I've been to NFR a few times myself, but never been to the back number presentation. So. Uh, Is that another just exciting time to, you know, get everybody all in the room and all like-minded people and, and, and uh, and pal around with a bunch of friends and everything?
2: Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Everybody's so happy and excited to be here, you know, and and that's, that's what gets it all kicked off and, you know, everybody's in a good mood there and a a few days later they might not be in as good mood.
1: <laughs> so that's a good point. Tell me about, I mean, you guys have had great NFRs and then you guys have had you know not so great or or okay NFRs. I mean, uh, how do you keep, even after you know, doing this for so long, how do you keep your emotions uh, in check?
2: Well, you know, I was telling someone the other day I was watching uh, we've been jackpotting in Arizona and a lot of the top guys have been there roping, and I was watching the other day, and I I, I uh, wasn't doing so good in the rope, and then I ended up winning fourth, but kind of by fault, everybody else messed up, and I had had a barrier on one, I said, you know, it just makes me feel good knowing that the best guys in the world miss, you know, like, nobody's perfect, and uh, team roping, it's just like any other sport, it's so mental, and you just can't get let the lows get you down. You just got to try to stay in the middle. Don't get too high. You know, just kind of got to roll with the punches. Yeah, we've had great finals. We've had terrible finals. So let's just pray we have a good mediocre to real good is what I'm looking for.
0: Well, Riley, you know, we all, we all watch on TV every day. And, and just tell us, what is it like? It looks like a pretty cool experience. Uh, being able to rope in Thomas and Mack Center, what's it like roping in that during during the NFR, and how cool of an experience is that?
2: Oh man, I mean, it's, it's the only reason I rodeo all year long. I mean, we're back in that box, and there are seventeen thousand fans watching, and it's loud and crazy. I mean, it's it's a Super Bowl of rodeo, and uh, just lucky to get to compete here.
1: Do you uh, you talk about jackpots and and uh, you know being in Arizona and everything like that? Uh, you know, I've heard that, uh, ropers will set up, uh, their own arena, uh, to be the con, you know, the same dimensions as the NFR. Do you guys do that? Or, uh, if not, is there a reason why you don't?
2: In the past we have, but not every year we do that, but like, um, the only reason I like to put it up is if I'm riding a horse, that's never been there. So He knows. Where that fence is at, but uh, I've rode bog so many times that I I don't even want to put him on that because sometimes the horses will get kind of smart to it and they might want to you know get a little bit quick and go left to early. So we don't even put it up. I mean, a lot of guys do, some don't, but it's kind of like tomorrow. I we get the feel, but I mean, you can try to put every the barrier up at home and. Um, the Rita and mentions, Dimensions, and there's nothing like coming to the Thomas and Mack.
1: Definitely. Definitely. What, uh, um, tell me about your horsepower, uh, you and Brady, since uh, I'll have you speak uh, on both of your half, uh, behalf. What uh, Are you bringing multiple horses in there, hoping to only use one, or is or that remain to be seen? No, uh, I just brought
2: Bob and he brought Sugar. We're just. Brand they stay healthy. Bob actually had an abs about a week ago and uh he was pretty pretty lame and I I was pretty nervous, but uh he seems good now and you know uh he's he's one really big player, so uh Brady he not his backup horse is hurt right now, so all of our eggs are in one basket. Uh we got a lot of good friends, a lot of good horses, though. So some of them work. Uh, that's like,
1: uh, the backup plan. Right. So you're breaking up on me a little bit, Riley. So I, I got uh, I got a couple more questions for you. One is, uh, you know, we're all focused on on the rodeo, which is you know seven o'clock to nine o'clock pretty much every night. But
2: yeah. your guys'
1: day is so long with sponsor commitments, and obviously you got. Uh, you know, family with you and everything. So, is there ever any downtime? And and are you doing a like a sponsored commitment pretty much every day, either in terms of autographs or some sort of meet and greet?
2: Oh, yeah. I gotta sign autographs at least try twice a day, not every single day, but a lot. Yeah, it's usually an hour and a half each time. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit old. It's nice to meet all the people and, uh, to everybody but yeah definitely middle of the week to the end of the week i try to schedule my stuff uh, early on in the week so that way um you know i'm pretty worn well down to so, right uh, the start of the week i try to do stuff you know
1: is there a you know you were talking we were talking a little bit uh, kind of generically about just um you know what kind of week you want to have is there is there like a a, a money goal that uh, you guys have, or or can you can you kind of predict what it's going to take to maybe win the world this year?
2: Oh uh, man, that's it's just hard to say. You know, uh, I'm uh, quite a ways behind the header. Uh, Brady's not that far away from the header, but um, you know, you just everybody ropes so good, and uh, I mean, yeah, obviously the goal is try to win the world but come in here and try to rope and win as much money as you can and and at the end of the day you you gotta have a little luck involved to win it all so uh just try to stick to my game plan rope one steer at a time and uh see what happens
1: well riley i appreciate it uh i know you got uh family stuff to do maybe some dinner to to eat and we're recording this Y'all on Watch
2: Mo- Seahawks. That's right.
1: We're recording this on Monday night football night. So uh anyway, Riley, uh we'll keep in touch. I appreciate you taking the time we here with me and, and uh Eric and and uh, no matter what, uh, get some rest in the middle of all the craziness and and uh, we'll be in touch.
2: Thank you, Riley. Right, well, thank you guys, I
1: appreciate it. Good luck. To Talk you. to you soon. Well, that was a fun. I think
0: every local guy enjoyed that interview with Riley Minor, the local uh, team roper. John, we got who do we got next? I believe he's got a few uh, world titles under his
1: belt. We've got uh, probably one of the most recognizable names in in, uh, Pro Rodeo right now, and that is Mr. Sage Kimsey, Mm -hmm. five time world champion, five straight NFRs, five straight world titles, um, pretty much similar to the success that we have in our own lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sage Kimsey is he's just an incredible bull rider, and uh, he's. you know, no disrespect to Trevor Brazil or, or tough Cooper or Casey field or Tim, o- Tim O'Connell. But if he's not the face of pro rodeo right now, he's, he's one of the top bases of pro rodeo and, um, he'll cross $2 million in earnings here pretty soon. Wow. Uh, you know, he's got his sixth NFR, uh, you know, that starts for him tomorrow mm-hmm. on Thursday and he's going for his sixth straight world title. Um, and this year he's got his brother, uh, with us and, and or with him in mm-hmm. the NFR. And and so that's really cool. that two Kimsies made it. That's pretty awesome. Well, here's Sage Kimsey bull riding world champion. Okay. Well, welcome back. Kittitas Valley sports talk fans. John good Eric country Sorensen back with you. We got Sage Kimsey on the phone right now. He's calling us from NFR Sage. Uh, thanks for taking some time. You're in Vegas. Is that a home away from home for, for you right now?
3: It definitely is. Uh, yeah, we're here at the MGM Grand and it's ready for the NFR to start.
1: so tell me about that. mGM, uh, they they host you and and uh, from what I've seen in in pictures and some social media posts in the past, they 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 really, really take care of their guys. And so um, but they're so they're one of your sponsors, and that brings up a sponsorship obligation kind of thing. I mean, you're busy. We're so focused on the rodeo, but man, it seems like Vegas is a twenty four seven thing with, Meet and greets and and autographs and sponsor obligations. Is it pretty much all day every day the two weeks you're down there?
3: Yeah, it, it definitely is for sure. It, it's the most fun time of the year, but it's definitely the most hectic time of the year for us too. I mean, we get up early every morning and yeah, meet and greet signings, all kinds of stuff, and then uh, usually we have time for a little short nap and then head to the performance.
1: <laughs> so um, I gotta imagine you. Um, you know, you got your your things that you do every day before before you ride in terms of mental preparation, or you say take a short nap and then obviously getting taped up and just ready. Um, how much do you have to adapt that when you're in Vegas, uh, getting ready for the NFR with so many other distractions?
3: Um, yeah, I'd say the distractions are just different than what they usually are going every rodeo throughout the season. <laughs> Excuse me. Because, I mean, usually, you know, instead of – doing meet and greets and autograph signings where we're driving six to eight hours to get to the next rodeo. So I'd say it's a lot the same, but, um, there are, there are differences for sure just because, uh, you know, there's a lot more going on out here than there are, than there is from time to time at at the rodeos we generally go to. So it's a little bit different, but, um, a little bit of a balancing act, but it's not too bad.
1: Are there still, like aha moments or or surprises i mean obviously this is uh correct me if i'm wrong 6 straight year there in vegas and so are there a lot of things that you can anticipate this year that you didn't you know 3 to 5 years ago or or do you still find yourself surprised with you know a, an obligation or or a change in schedule every year
3: um i mean there's there's a few little hiccups every year but you know experience is worth its weight in gold um for sure so there's, there's a lot of things that i've learned you know, throughout these past five, six years, that uh, have really helped me. And um, you know, there, there's always some curveballs that come, but uh, with experience, I think those curveballs are easier to hit. So, yeah, I mean, it's all good.
0: Say, just as Eric, I have my question for you is, you know, it's a lot of fun going to the to the NFR and being in the in the stands watching and watching on TV every night like we do. But how cool is it to compete in the NFR to compete in the Thomas and Mack Center like just during that rodeo? How big of a rush is that?
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, as cliche as it is, I've said it countless times and I'll say it, say it until I retire. It, it really is a dream come true. I mean, this is what we've all worked our entire lives to get to the point where we can come, come enjoy this experience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just great. I could, there's, it's hard to even put into words. I mean, if you can think possibly, uh, you know, of your biggest, wildest dreams coming to fruition and, uh, you know, it all being culminated in 10 days in Las Vegas, that's, that's what the feeling is for sure. <laughs> that's awesome
1: we we'll talk about it. we talk about it from a from a fan perspective but do you get to be a fan of rodeo at las vegas it's so quick and there's so much there's such a lack of space uh behind the shoots or just in the arena so do you get a chance to actually try to enjoy the rodeo or maybe the the or 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 the bronc riding before um you know that's not immediately before the bull riding do you get any chance to enjoy things
3: i'm kind of i'm i'm really Really particular in how I prepare, so I don't get to go out and watch very many events. But uh, we we are fortunate in the fact that there's TVs in the locker room, and uh, you know we get to watch it that way. So we don't get the full experience uh, of that the fans get being right on top of the dirt. But um, yeah, we, we definitely get to enjoy the rodeo, and uh, you know in, in the locker room, all, all the guys are sitting around there, and uh, we get we get to talk about what's going on, and you know the good, bad, and indifference that happen each night. So it's fun.
1: So, talk to me about. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if uh, you have a, a specific bull that you want to get on, or 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 you know, a specific con- uh, stock contractor that's brought in a, a good pen of bulls. You have uh, you have one that you hope you draw this week, or or, or a few that you hope you draw this week.
3: Um, I'd say the glaring one would be 32 i Sweet pros bruiser. Um, he's he's incredible, he's been in, in the running for bucking bowl of the year countless times. Uh, He's won it, and he's just—he's the one that everybody really wants to have. Uh, big scores, and uh, he's just—he's an awesome animal. It, you see him in the back pens. he's got probably the most personality of any bull here. Um, he's actually—he's—he's he's dog gentle. Um, he's just like a, a big pet back there. You can go love on him, scratch on him, and then uh, as soon as he runs in the the buck and shoot, he knows the game, and he's gonna do everything he can to throw you off for sure. But he—he uh, definitely be the dream draw for sure.
1: Well, in order to make sure you do that uh, dream draw, a uh, dream dream uh, draw, some respect. I mean, obviously you got to prepare well and everything like that. So I got to imagine, especially the first night, it's just so much adrenaline. How how long does it take for that adrenaline to wear off? I mean, how many rounds before you start really feeling the wear and tear? <laughs> or maybe that's after maybe a, a hard buck off in the first round. Or, but does adrenaline get yeah, you going?
3: Yeah. Oh, it does for sure. I don't think. I don't think there'll ever be a time I nod my head in the Thomas and Mac where where the adrenaline and all the juices aren't flowing um it's just the atmosphere in there's pretty hard to even explain to somebody that's not that's not right in the midst of it um so yeah the adrenaline's never going to be a question uh it, it does you know in a in a sport that can can be so hard on your body it does make it a lot more fun the, the more healthy that you are but uh yeah shoot i mean there's no no place like the NFR, really.
1: What uh, uh you know, you got uh, some guy named Trey Kimsey uh, in the in the shoots <laughs> this year as well. I mean, obviously, he's got to take care of his own thing, but uh, you know, will you will, do you do you pull his rope and help him get prepared, or I guess it just matters on where you're at uh, on the day sheet. But does that uh, add a little bit more uh, impact to you in terms of just being able to realize how lucky? you and your brother and just the family is
3: um yes and no i think it, it it's amazing you know that that two brothers made it the same year uh it's it's a feat that that's not accomplished very often and uh, i'm super proud of my little brother and uh, i mean i couldn't be more proud of him honestly uh especially you know seeing seeing his fight and his grind through the whole year is uh it was pretty special for sure but um you know as far as it affecting my competition it, at the end of the day i've got to take care of my job and uh you know whether my brother's right there or he's at home, that doesn't really affect affect my competition. So um, it's kind of a kind of a two edged answer for sure. Just because it is, I mean, it's so cool that both of us are there. I mean, uh, it's I can't even put into words what that means to me. But at the end of the day, like I said, uh, you know, my job's still to ride a two thousand pound bull, and, and that's what I have to focus on.
1: You, you say that so matter of factly, like, uh, you talk about that the same way I talk about going to get the mail every day, but, uh, um, how about, uh, uh how about injuries? Uh, I'm not sure how much, uh, R and R you've had over the last couple of months. Uh, I'm, I gotta imagine you got on some practice bowls, but, uh, you know, injuries, uh, or bumps and bruises from September 30th compared to bumps and bruises uh, today. How are you feeling?
3: Oh, it's, it's night and day for sure. I actually. Uh... Actually, I suffered some separated ribs in Kennewick, Washington this year, and um, I battled with them all the way from the end of August uh, until Pendleton, middle of September, and finally I just had to go home. They were hurting too bad, and um, I went home, healed them up, and and I, I didn't get on any bulls until uh, I made the Canadian finals this year as well, and that was uh, the first week in November, so I was off for I, I don't know. I guess I guess probably three weeks while I wasn't doing hardly hardly anything, just healing my ribs. And, uh, that was really good though. It just kind of, you know, it, everybody needs to press the reset button at some point. And, um, you know, that was, that was the time I got to, so it was good for me for sure.
1: You, you talk about Kennewick and I was there for, for, uh, that Saturday night short round at Kennewick. And I remember that was, uh, I don't know if you remember it, but that was a, a, a <laughs> very difficult buck up. I could probably say other inappropriate words but uh, do you remember much about that night i mean that was to the point where you know here, we're here in ellensburg and i was like man we might not see him but was it uh, were you able to recover from that relatively quickly
3: uh, yeah i was able to make a full recovery it took me a while i mean it um for, for those that weren't there yeah I was, I was jerked down and uh unceremoniously bucked off i guess you could say um <laughs> Yeah, I got knocked out, and that's actually when that, that same night was when I separated my ribs and uh, fractured a couple of them, and it just, uh, they it did. It, t- it took a while to heal them up, but, uh, you know, I, I made good on uh, the few rodeos I chose to compete at after Kennewick and, um, you know, kind of nursed them through, and, and now they're back at 100%, so it's all good.
1: So I, I promise you I'd keep it, uh, you know, short and sweet, so let me uh, ask you a couple of quick ones. Uh, any Any certain um you know obviously gold buckle is the uh is the the goal but uh beyond that is there a certain uh money amount that you want to win i mean there's just so much money to win day to day and and that <laughs> average uh, do you make goals like that or is it just mostly to stay competitive in the average or may it mostly go around money how do, how do you look at that
3: yeah most of my goals are a lot more tangible and something that i can really monitor closely um You know, because on any given night, an 87 and a half could win first place or last place. So, um, you know, I I try to make my goals more, uh, more percentage based. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to come out here and stay on every single one of my bulls. And uh, if I do that, I'm pretty confident that I'll walk away with a gold buckle. And that's what I want. So.
1: Well, that sounds good to me, Sage. Well, like I said, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, you got a lot of fans up here in Ellensburg. Uh, my daughters would be upset if I didn't say good luck from them. You spent some time with them uh, after, the El- <laughs> after the Ellensburg short round. And and I think they, they have your picture as their uh, screensaver on their phone. So my daughters are saying hello to you from Ellensburg, but good luck this week. Uh, stay healthy and, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
2: Well, tell
3: him hi as well. I think sure appreciate it. Good talking to you, John.
1: Thanks, Sage. Talk Thanks, to you soon. Well, what a fun interview that was with uh, Sage Kimsey, uh, John. Who do we got next? We got Tyson Durfee. Tyson, he is a twelve-time NFR qualifier, and uh, he won it all in two thousand sixteen. Um, Tyson won. I've I've known him for you know, known him for years. Uh, kind of, we started getting together uh, over the phone in interviews before he even made the NFR, and uh, it's just been nice to see his progression. But 12 times to the NFR, world champion in 2016. He'll, depending on what kind of NFR he has here this week, he'll cross $2 million in in earnings uh, either this year or at the beginning of of, uh, next season. So um, Tyson's got a lot going on beyond Rodeo 2, which he'll tell us about.
0: Well, I thoroughly enjoyed
1: it. Uh, He was a a real fun uh,
0: interview, and I look forward to hopefully meeting him coming forward to it's it as well day. well here he is uh
1: Tyson Durfee well welcome back kittitas Valley sports talk fans we are back here in the studio John Goodat with Eric country Sorensen here on the mic we've got Tyson Durfee who was called in he's in his truck getting ready for Tuesday night's back number presentation Tyson very very uh busy day for you I appreciate you taking a couple of minutes with us
4: you bet glad to do it love my uh ellensburg washington native native there (laughs) well you got many people don't know i'm i lived in washington for eight years so we got to know each other pretty well cheney right
1: colbert cheney area if i remember correctly
4: yeah essentially spokane colbert little north of spokane but Yeah. yeah yeah
1: that's god's country out there and and uh you know so i know it's a little bit of a homecoming and when you when you get here to the northwest run and and uh um, so you got a bunch of Ellensburg fans here tr- rooting for you this week. And, and, uh, yeah. but you know, it's NFR time, uh, an incredibly busy time. I mean, first things first, I mean, obviously you're no stranger to the Thomas and Mac, but does it ever get old on that, uh, grand entry or the first, uh, couple of rounds of adrenaline? I mean, what is that like year after year?
4: Yeah, the national finals is unlike any other rodeo, just the presence of it, all the history of it, all the fans, you know, the energy, like there's just so much about it. It'd be like going into this, walking into the Super Bowl for the first time. I mean, it's, it's unlike any other rodeo and even from a spectator standpoint, I mean, the fans there are just unbelievable. They bring like 10 times the energy they bring at most normal rodeos and the people that are there as fans, you know, are like diehard fans. They know the sport in and out. They know the guys. They know what they've done. They know the stats. So it's it's really an awesome rodeo, and uh, it never, ever, ever gets old.
1: So that actually leads me into, a, like, the perfect uh, next question of when you have fans that are so diehard and they might know your stats better than you. So I'm sure you meet a lot of people. You got a lot of meet and greets and sponsorship obligations and stuff like that. So do you – I mean, do you, it's almost like can you make friends – from all over the country, whether they're from California or Texas or Dakotas or anything like that. I mean, you got fans that want to see and talk to you probably every day.
4: Yeah. It's always neat when, you know, while I'm out at the national finals, fun fact, I'll do about 20 autograph signings. Um, and most of those, there's a couple of them that are two hours, but most of them are one hour. Uh, I also have, um, <clears throat> about 20, uh, sponsor dinners and, and lunches and stuff. And so, so people that want, people may not know it, but this is our one time a year to really network and get to meet new people and new sponsors. And, uh, yeah, they come from all over. They come from, you know, California to New York to, uh, you know, there's some, there's some people I sign autographs for every year and they're from England. They fly over from England just to watch the rodeo and do the shopping. So, um, there's Australians, uh, met people from Switzerland there. Yeah. They just come from all over the world. Really. It's, it's a cool, cool experience.
1: So you talk about networking and and uh, don't get me wrong. I'm going to want to talk about your horse and I'm going to want to talk about go rounds here and the calves that you ran uh, in the practice session yesterday. But you talk about networking and I know you've got your hands and, and you and your your wife and your family, you have your hands in other different, you know, types of businesses. And, and I, you know, I, I see you kind of uh, with your, your motivation marketing that you're doing and and you're, you're all over yeah. the place. So, I mean is it almost like you're you're going 24/7 whether it's rodeo or or your other businesses that you guys are doing?
4: Yeah, you know, I mean I I'm a big believer in that, you know, we have one life on this earth and if your life isn't making somebody else's life better then you're doing something wrong. If you're just trying to serve me, 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 what, you know, what can I do all the time? It's 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 a recipe for disaster. So I stay super busy whether it's, you know, our businesses or charities that I support or, you know, public speaking or my mentorship programs I do, I stay super busy. And the reason I do that is because, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that can just stand around. You know, it's like, it's like the more I live, the more I want to give and the more I want to do. And I just, you know, I have my days scheduled out. I have, you know, out here at the finals, you know, literally my days are scheduled out into 30 minute blocks. Uh, Some days are 15 minute blocks and I know exactly what I'm going to be doing next Friday at 2 PM, you know, uh on my mind it may not know it, but all I have to do is look back at the schedule. And that's just the way I operate. And that's the way I operate, you know, and and mostly, you know, at my on my day-to-day life when it's not at the national finals, I operate in, in blocks like that. And it just keeps me super focused and allows me to do the most with my time.
0: I get it. Tyson, Eric here, and I, I follow you on all your social media and, and I've listened to some interviews you give and I you know your mental side of the rodeo stuff. And I'm a a high school baseball coach and I've actually used you in team meetings for examples. And, and I just wanted oh, cool, to ask you a cool. question about, you know, how important, I mean, this is a, a 10 days in a row. It's a grind. Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot going on. But how important is your mental side, your mental approach to being, you know, a capro for going in these next 10 days? And how important is that? And uh, what's the most helpful tool you use to make sure you're ready to go each night?
4: Yeah, one of the things I teach in my mentorship program is uh, you don't compete blank. And what I mean by that is you have to train for every single scenario that can possibly happen. It's like in baseball, right? If, if you, if you practice hitting and you only practice hitting a 50 mile an hour ball right down the middle of the plate, you're going to crank that sucker out of it. But what happens if somebody throws you a curveball? you haven't trained for it, you haven't prepared for it. So uh, chances are you're not going to hit it very well. And for me, when I train and when I prepare, I've mentally prepared. I spent like three hours today just visualizing pretty much anything and everything that could happen. Um, So I'm mentally prepared for if I go the first three rounds and don't win anything, how do I handle my mind? You know, I'm prepared for winning the first round as well. So um, to me, when a guy that is at the level that I'm at um, and they're at the national finals, it's all mental, you know, how well do you handle the ups and the downs because there's going to be both of them in Las Vegas. I can promise you that.
0: I know that like you you posted a video last year after, I can't remember which round it was about how hard are you going to get hit and how how low can things go, but how it's how you react and how you get back up.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in it. I mean, I think people a lot of times underestimate how tough it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're a little kid, you, you dream about doing these amazing things, you know, uh, like for me, you know, I dreamt about back in the box in the 10th go around to win a world championship and have to produce an amazing result to get there. And it's pretty cool because I envisioned that little thousands of times as a little kid. But the truth of the matter is, I was in that situation twice before it failed. And it was not until my third time in that situation that I actually produced and won a world title. So, you know if you want to be in professional sports or business or parenting or really anything, you got to be prepared to get hit because it's going to happen on a daily basis. It's not, it's not the hit that defines you. It's what you do with the hit that defines you. Do you get up and keep rolling, put a smile on your face, you know, or do you get knocked down and just be sad? You know, the truth is if you can get up and put a smile on your face, and on your face even if your lips are a little bloody then you're probably going
1: to get over it a lot faster and be ready to win. Well, let me uh let me uh take that and segue into uh you know a smile on your face where you're smiling after I believe you had a practice session or ran in uh, running the calves yesterday. Did the calves make you smile? What what uh what can you and the 14 other calf ropers uh, expect here uh in the first couple of rounds?
4: You know, we were talking to, uh, it was me and Haven Medgen. And Haven's a, a rookie this year, but he's sitting second in the world. He's a phenomenal young talent. And we were talking about, he was asking me about the Cavs and how they compared the years before. And, you know, this is my 12th trip out here. So I'm, gosh, I might be the most senior guy, you know, or close to it out here now. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, this set is the best set I've seen in my whole career out here other than maybe 2013. And uh, a funny thing he had said, he said, yeah, I just talked to Shane Hinchy and that's exactly what Shane Hinchy had said. And I think (laughs) Shane's been out maybe like, you know, 10 times. So uh, I think we're all on the same page. They're an awesome set of calves. They've done a great job with them.
1: So let's talk about that. I mean, compare this pen to 2013. I mean, that was six years ago and you still remember, maybe not the specifics, but what made that so good that you can still remember it 6 years ago was it just a, a right size and athleticism or or you know a certain breed i mean what was it that makes the the pen's good
4: you know it really um it really depends on you know the mind of a calf and i like another thing i teach in my mentorship program is the psychology of a calf like are they super mean do they try to run over you and kick you or are they docile most of the time, it doesn't have anything to do with size. It's it's most of the time to do with the, the attitude of the calf. And it's just weird. Like all the stars aligned in 13. And like there is, you know, some rounds that I was like 7 3. I think I was like seven three, three 3, rounds in a row and won like fourth, fifth, and sixth place. Wow. And 7 3, you know, for a calf rope and saying, that's a heck of a run. There were just so many good calves, you know. Typically, when you go to the arena, there's, you know, say 15 calves in a pen. There's one or two that you can win the go-round on, which means they just run the right pattern. They don't try to kick. They're super snappy. Uh, and then there's, you know, maybe five or six that are placeable type cabs. But I really believe like in 2013, this year, there is 12 out of 15 that you can win money on, wow. which is just a huge opportunity because it boils down to who ropes better, not who draws better.
1: Talk to me about, uh, you're going to talk about, uh, roping and stuff like that, but that can't be done without your horsepower. What kind of, uh, did you bring multiple horses or do you have uh, a game plan there?
4: Yeah. So I've got two horses out. Um, I'm writing, uh, Mitch, uh, hashtag money. Mitch on Instagram is what everybody calls him. That's right. Um, and I, I'll just accept that nickname cause I think it's a great one. I didn't come up with it. One of my fans did. So that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, but I'm riding Mitch. I rode him last year at the finals. I won a round on in placed in a few other rounds. He was really green last year um and uh I'm riding him again this year, and I'm telling you I'm super confident because he is he feels unbelievable right now,
1: so that actually uh you know, I want to respect your time tyson and and uh so we'll let you get going here in a second, but that actually brings up a point. you talk about you know, a fan brought up that uh the money Mitch hashtag. And I remember you and I talking, uh, behind the rope and shoots, I think it was Ellensburg 2018 and you were talking about how great social media is to just like interact with people that you might never meet face to face, but you really truly get to know people. And so, um, do you, do you have to back off on that a little bit during the NFR? Cause it's so busy and you want to stay focused or do you still find yourself interacting, you know, to a certain degree, uh, these next two weeks?
4: Yeah, I still respond as much as possible. You know, it's my schedule is out in and there's only so much time I can use to respond to messages. But, um, you know, on an average day out here, I'll probably respond to 50, you know, messages on Instagram and Facebook. Um, at times they get so full that I can't respond to all of them. Um, but I really try to, you know, I really, I really try to to respond to everybody that I can, like I said, it gets super busy. But at the end of the day, it's like, if somebody says hi to you on the street, are you just going to walk by them and not say hi back? You know what I mean? Like in human interaction, you would never do that. And if you did that, you're just considered kind of arrogant. Um, And that's kind of how I feel like the message is. You know, somebody takes time out of their day to send me a message on Instagram. Uh, At least I'm going to do is say thank you and send it back or a thumbs up and send it back. I mean, I'll have time to write a whole book back to them, but it's just so easy to record a a 10 second voice memo and say, hey, thanks for the message. I really appreciate it. Bam. And then you just leave it. You know, the person feels so much better about the interaction, you know. Right. Um, And that's really the way I look at it. You know, I would never walk by somebody and not give them the time of day. I at least give them a smile and say hi.
1: Right.
4: And uh, that's kind of how I feel how social media should be treated, you know.
1: Well, Tyson, I really appreciate the time and and uh, you know parting words for you. One, good luck and stay healthy and and uh, um, you know uh, hopefully the family gets to enjoy you and and uh, uh, you know getting a couple of go round wins as well. And I'll I'll leave you with this. You talk about the interaction with your fans. Uh, I believe it was the it was Circuit Finals 2016. The last year the Circuit Finals were in November at least. Uh, my daughter uh-huh. still talks about uh meeting you, uh you know, officially meeting <laughs> you. And she still has the picture yeah. you and her took and uh I think 2016 was a pretty decent year for you. And uh so your fans yeah. your fans do appreciate you. I appreciate you calling in and and uh enjoy the back number presentation tonight.
4: All right brother thanks Sean nice visiting with you and Eric hey let us get together one of these days I'd like to meet you as well. I appreciate you guys and I hope you all have a great day. Thank thanks Tyson. Very much, Tyson talk to you soon. Yeah adios guys
1: Wow. If you
0: listen to this episode, aren't jacked up for tonight's performance, this is getting released on the opening ceremony day, the first day of the NFR. Guys, how, Are John, how much fun was
1: those three interviews? Honestly, you can get jacked up by the NFR by listening to those guys, mm-hmm. but just they're just motivated in all walks of life, whether it includes a rope or a bull mm-hmm. or, or some sort of equine animal. Yeah, They're just... Motivated, determined, driven people, and that—if that doesn't get the blood going, then you got to check your pulse. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us on
0: our PRC episode, brought to you by McGregor Company, our That's new sponsor right. for the rodeo segment. We have once a month, and thank you again for listening. Please share this. uh I believe this will be kind of a big one. I think there's some big name people in this interview. Big name
1: that. people will have a lot of reach outside of the valley mm-hmm. as well, um, yeah. but obviously a valley tie to it, and. All I can say is, listen to us, share it, and you know what? Talk to us on on social yes. media as well. You got some uh, you got some things you saw uh, while you're at the NFR or while you're watching the NFR. Right. Uh, post some questions. Check post some uh, some uh, recaps on what you thought. Well, enjoy the next ten days. Hold on, don't
0: get bucked off your couch. And that's right. Go get them. Sounds good.
2: Fitterer's Furniture
3: presents a poem for the season from Mr. Brad Fitterer.
1: Thank you. It was the holiday season all through the store. The staff was real busy with customers and more. There were couches and tables and lamps all around. With savings and prices, the best in the town. But the reason I write this is simple, you see. To wish you the best from my staff and from me. Thanking
3: all of their customers.
1: Wait, I'm not done. And
3: wishing all of you the best for the holiday season. I have more. Quality furniture since 1896.
0: Hey, I spent a lot of time writing this.
3: Bitterer's Furniture in Ellensburg.